Good morning to you. My name's Richard. I'm uh, Vicar here, and it's lovely to have your company this morning, especially if you're new here. A very warm welcome to you. I won't be here at the end of the service because I'm going over to our other site to preach there in a minute as well, but you're in uh, great hands for the rest of the time. And you'll also be hearing from uh, Emily Braybrook, our mission partner from Uganda, later on this service, which is wonderful. So I'll try and keep it as short and sweet as possible. The simple message today is that you would really like to be baptized by the Holy Spirit if you haven't been already. Uh, And if you have been, you'd like to be baptized by the Spirit again. So that's the punchline. Um, But we're going to go on three imaginary exercises um, before getting anywhere near there. Uh, So let's pray, and then we're going to try and stir our imaginations together as a church. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come fill this place and change the atmosphere. Your glory, Lord, is what our hearts desire, to be overwhelmed by your presence, Lord. Please be here, Lord Jesus, in all your power and glory. And reveal your scriptures to us, we pray, in your precious name. Amen. So I'd love you to imagine yourself on the banks of an enormous, murky river. It's the year AD 28 or so. And you've come out to the banks of this famous river where so many wonderful things in your people's history have happened. And you've come out to hear a scary preacher. You've been religious all through your life. You've obeyed the Torah, the commandments of the Old Testament. You know the Ten Commandments and many other commandments off by heart. You've zealously tried to keep them and you've encouraged others to do the same, believing that if only they would do what they were told, then revival would come, then glory would come, then there would be the Messiah arriving. And you're there by the banks of the river and it's streaming past And in front of you are all the plebs of the countryside, the laborers, the farmers. And they're all going into this prophet man. And you're just wondering, could he possibly be the one that we've been waiting for? For 400 years, the word of Lord has not come to Israel. And you're looking out at him and you think he looks an unlikely prospect. But maybe he's a bit like Ezekiel, that shaggy prophet of old. And there he is. He's standing there with a belt round his waist, clothes made of camel hair, and you've heard rumors that he only eats locusts and wild honey. But you also heard a rumor that this is Zachariah's son. Zachariah, that your father told you about, an old man who late on in his life, he with his wife had conceived, and a miraculous baby had been born to them. That son was never to have wine, and he was to be filled with the Holy Spirit from birth. And he disappeared off into a desert as he reached childhood. And you'd heard rumors that this might be that same miracle child born to a holy couple. And you wonder, you just wonder if this might be the Messiah who will deliver you. And so you're there looking out at him thinking, I wonder if this man will sort everything out and make all the people who are wicked turn from their wicked ways. And then he looks at you and your friends and he says, you brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping of repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. And it sort of goes right through you. It's like he's looking at you, but he's looking right through you. And you feel exposed. You feel vulnerable. 
and you wonder what's going to go on and you're not quite sure whether you like this prophet as much as you thought you did a few minutes ago. I wonder if we could uh, now try and be John the Baptizer. Here we are, standing in a river, musing over our existence. Your parents have long since died. They were very elderly when they had you. They told you that you were a miracle child and you've known the word of the Lord speaking to you as surely as you knew your mother for the few years that you had her on this planet. And God's taken you into a desert and just now he's been stirring you with a simple message. And the message is repent, turn and be baptized. And people have been hearing your message and coming out towards you. And you look at them and you look at the needs that they have. And you see these farm laborers and these peasants and others coming to you. And you know that they're like sheep without a shepherd and you want to help them. But you know that all you can do is prepare them for something that might come after you. And so you dunk them in the water and you see the ones who seem to be just in power above them. And you turn to them and you, you curse them and you tell them, who told you to come out here? And you long for the hearts of these people to be made right. But you know that you can't do it. And so you tell them, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who's more powerful than I. There is a hope. His sandals I'm not fit to carry. He'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hands and he'll clear the threshing floor, gathering up the wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And he looks right into the eyes of a Pharisee when you talked about the chaff and the unquenchable fire that you know they thought was good for other people but you think is good for them. And then, what's that? In the distance, something stirs within you and you, you look out. Could it be? Is it? And it's almost like a 21st century film. The, the background music's just slowed down and you look out and they're walking towards you. Comes your childhood play friend. He's all grown up now. And he's coming closer and your heart's pounding. And suddenly it all begins to make sense. And you remember what your mother had told you about your first encounter with that cousin of yours. When you were still a child in your mother's womb and he was but a tiny embryo in, in Mary's. And you bounced around in the womb as you first seen this cousin come your way. And you wonder if it could all be coming now. And you just sort of think, ah, oh, is he the one whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie? And he walks closer and the crowds parts and it goes silent. And you're like, even as you've been looking at others and tearing into their souls, now you feel exposed. And you're like, get away from me. How... How can I baptize you? I need to be baptized by you. Do you come to me? And he looks you in the eye and says, let it be so now. It's proper to do, for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And so you baptize him as gently as you can. He practically puts himself under the water and pulls himself up. But as he comes up, four things happen. The heavens are opened like in Isaiah or Ezekiel's day. 
The Holy Spirit comes down like a dove. The Holy Spirit rests on Jesus and stays on Jesus. And a voice booms from heaven and speaks. And if we could try being a third person, you're the Christ. And you start walking towards the River Jordan. Words that you'd co-authored with human beings centuries before, resonating through your head from the scriptures that you've learned since a child. The man that you called father has passed away some years ago. You've been helping to raise your brothers and your sister with your mother. You've been a carpenter in Galilee for many years. You've always had a sense that you needed to do your father's will, but now you've just turned 30, and that's a key age in your culture. It's an age of full manhood, and you're moving into your destiny. And you're heading towards that funny cousin John that you haven't seen for ages. And you've heard the crowds have been stirring. There's been a storm in society. People are longing for God. And as you look at them, you see they're like sheep without a shepherd. And you know that you can help them. And you walk forward and people just sort of part way in front of you. And you walk down into the Jordan. And John says, go away, I can't do this, you've got to do this to me. And you say, no, we've got to do this, let's fulfill this now. You go under the water and you come out of the water and the voice from heaven says words that echo key prophecies from the scripture from six, eight hundred years before. The book of Isaiah speaks of a servant who is upheld by God, who's loved by God who is chosen and is who, de- who he delights in, whom he's well pleased in. The Psalm 2-7 speaks of the Messiah being God's own son. And the voice from heaven echoes these prophecies and it says, you're my son. I love you. I'm pleased with you. Words that every son needs to hear from a father. I love you. You're mine. It's your identity, and you're doing well. Words that all of those sheep without a shepherd were longing to hear from someone that they could put their trust in. But no human has ever been fully able to affirm someone in the way that we need to be affirmed. And he gets it pure and simple from the heavenly source. Absolute love, absolute affirmation, absolute valuing. He comes out of the water, and he's filled with the Spirit of God. He's there and ready. It's a good story, isn't it? It's a great story. And we're going to just watch it quickly on the video again. one to come, greater than me, who will baptize with fire. I have just a voice in the wilderness preparing the way for the... 
Lord. Don't stop. Surely I need you to baptize me. doing is right. Baptize me. wonder what you think of that experience for Jesus. 30 years of waiting, 30 years of knowing that he had a purpose and it was just coming to a fruition. Imagine the, uh, the Olympic sprinter who's lined up at the starter's line. He's been preparing for the last four years at least for this moment. The gun goes and boom, he's off. Jesus is off. The Spirit is filling him. The Spirit is empowering him. Does he need a baptism of the Spirit? Is this the first encounter of the Spirit Jesus has had? Well, no, Matthew tells us he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Luke tells us that John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit from birth. It would be strange indeed if Jesus hadn't been filled with the Holy Spirit from birth as well, conceived as he was by the Holy Spirit. Is this Jesus' first encounter with the Spirit, first know of the Spirit? I don't think so. But it's an extraordinary commissioning of the Spirit, where the Father pours his love into Christ and says, here's the power you need for service to get the job done. Like in Isaiah, the Messiah is going to not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets as he brings justice to the nation. He's going to be a bruised reed and a smoldering wick. He's going to bring forth justice and not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth And islands far away put their hope in him. It's a big order, isn't it? It's a difficult job description, but he's got the power now to do it. That's what the Spirit brings to the servant of God, to the Messiah. And Jesus has got the full package. He goes into the wilderness to be tempted to see if he can be knocked off course. But he's got the full package, and he isn't knocked off course. And this whole series, this term, both on the Friday podcast and the Sunday teachings, are going to look at the Holy Spirit and the difference he makes to us today. I was saying on Friday, it's worth a listen again as an introduction to the Holy Spirit, if you want to listen online or on iTunes, that the Holy Spirit is really the key part of the Trinity for the church. We live in the era of the Holy Spirit. If you do not understand the Holy Spirit much or have not had much teaching on the Holy Spirit, you're in a good place. We're going to grow together. If you understand a lot already, you've probably still got a long way to go. So let's hang in there together and learn together anyway. The Holy Spirit is wonderful. Jesus' experience of the Holy Spirit here was affirming 
life-giving, life-enhancing, and life-changing. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit and filled from birth, no doubt, by the Spirit. And yet he still needed this further experience of the Spirit. He had never sinned. And yet he still needed this filling of the Spirit. He'd never done anything wrong. But he needed this commissioning to service. How about you and I? Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? A.W. Tozer, reading through the Acts of the Apostles and the letters in the New Testament, said, the one thing you know about the Holy Spirit coming upon someone is he never comes upon someone without them realizing it. (laughs) There's no sort of secret encounter of the Holy Spirit. Of course you can have the Holy Spirit without having had some extraordinary conversion experience. The Holy Spirit is with anyone who can say Jesus is Lord. He's described as an engagement ring, guaranteeing our inheritance. So if you can say that Jesus is Lord, you have the Holy Spirit. But have you been filled with the Spirit today? Have you had a deep encounter with the Holy Spirit? Would you like one? It sounds strange until you put it in context and you see what it meant for Jesus. You're my son, I love you, I'm pleased with you. Would you like that affirmation from a perfect father? (laughs) Would you like to hear that voice say, yes, you're mine. I'm pleased with you. I'm giving you power to make a difference and fulfill your purpose in this world. If the answer to those questions is yes, then indeed you would really love the Holy Spirit. I'm going to leave you in Nicola's capable hands and it may be that today you're just beginning to muse on these things. We've got a whole term together on this to go deeper into this. But if you're ready to say, God, give me more of the Spirit or give me a fresh anointing of the Spirit, do take the time during the worship and the response and the prayers to open your heart again to the God himself who is the Spirit of God who longs to meet you today. It's lovely to see you. God bless you and look forward to getting you, know you more if you're new here today. Amen.